All right, so here we go. Today's daf is daf Lamed Zayin, page 37. We got down to the last word on the ninth line on Lamed Zayin Amad Aleph. We're up to the word umi. Okay? Now, ninth line, the last one on the line, umi Amar Rabbi Yehuda. Now, the Gemara is going to start out with a question um, about trying to understand Rabbi Yehuda's opinions. Let's just quickly remind ourselves. So yesterday, on the bottom of Amud Beis, we learned that uh, we read the, we we learned the Mishnah that the, there's various halachas about how to tie the lulav together with the adasim and arabas. Now, one of the opinions was Rava who says, ready for this, that schach of a sukkah must be from the species of the dalad minim. You can't use a random wooden slat, said Rava. It must be from species of dalad minim. And what will you practically use as your schach? So you'll use the bark of a lulav tree. And he says, I'll prove it to you that um, the bark of a lulav tree is considered dalad minim because Rabbi Yehuda has the opinion. Rabbi Yehuda says that a sukkah must be used as chach using the dalad minim. That was the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And we also learned in a different Mishnah. Follow closely, right? We're going to make a connection here. Rabbi Yehuda says you got to use Dalad Minim for Shach. And Rabbi Yehuda was also the opinion who says, Misachichim b'nesarim, that you're allowed to use wooden boards as Shach. Is a Lulav a board? No. Is a Hadas a board? No. Is a, is a um, Arava a board? No. So how can Rabbi Yehuda say you're, you have to use Dalad Minim as Shach and then say, Mesachim Benesar. You're allowed to use boards. Where's there a board in the Dalad Minim? It must be that you're allowed to use the trunk of a Dalad Minim tree. Even the trunk of a Dalad Minim tree is considered Dalad Minim. Seder, that is the last, that, that's what we ended off yesterday's Gemara with. Okay, Seder. So that was the proof. That was Rav's proof. Shittas Rav Yehuda. Trunk of a tree bark of a tree is considered the same as the min that we pick up on uh, w- w- when we get the misadalamin. Period. Okay. This is where we pick up Zok to Gemara, last word, nine lines from the top of Lamed Zayin Amralev. Umi, Omar, Rabbi Yehuda, Arba, Minim, In, Midyachrin, Alay, really? Is it really true Rabbi Yehuda holds you need to use Chach from the Dalad Minim? And therefore, when he says Masachim ben Asarim, it means the trunk of a, uh, a trunk of a lulav tree. Really, does Rebuta really hold? You need to use from the Dalad Minim. Not true. V'hatani, but we learned in a brisa. Sicha ben Asarim shall erez. Now, usually, what does erez mean? We're familiar with this. What does erez mean? Cedarwood. So it says in the brisa, is cedarwood one of the Dalad Minim? No. So a person is uses cedarwood as their schach. Sheish bar batochim. If it's for tochim wide. Everybody holds Nishgit. Let's say it's less than four. You hit us. Rebuta says Erez. 
which we assume is a cedar tree right now. The Gemara is going to move off of this, but usually Ira is a cedar tree. Rabbi Yehuda says it's kosher when it's less than four tzvachim. Okay, he said, Rameir says, Postal says, if you have equal amount of space and you leave an opening, you can cash it up. But the bottom line is, how can you tell me, Rabbi Yehuda holds? You need to use if the Brysa says, Rabbi Yehuda holds, you can use cedar wood, that's less than four tvachim. Answers the Gemara, you're misunderstanding the word Erez. My Erez, Hadas. Talking about Hadasim. Says the Gemara, what? Erez is cedar. Mehechetesi, Erez kemin adasim. Says the Gemara, no, we see elsewhere Erez, Erez uh, is other types of wood, even though, granted, usually Erez is cedar. Kid Rabba Baravuna, Dama Rabba Baravuna, Amri Be Rab, they learned in the Yeshiva of Rabba Saramine Arazamheim, there are 10 minim, 10 species of that that have the name Erez, Shenemar Etim Bemidbar Erez, Shita Vahadas Vegaimer. Shita and Hadas, there's a there's a list of various woods that all fall into the Erez family. So the bottom line is when when it says Sikhub in Asarim shall Erez. If Yudas says less than four tvachim, maybe he's dealing with wood from a Hadas tree and he's not talking about um, he's not talking about cedar. Hence, you know what we're coming out with? We're sticking to our guns. We're sticking to our guns. That Rabbi Yehuda, Rava is at least, that Rabbi Yehuda holds that you must use a type of wood for your schach on your sukkah that's from a species of the Dalit Minim. Okay, beautiful. End of that Gemara and that discussion that we began yesterday. All right. Now, on Lamed Vav we learned in the Mishnah, what are you allowed to use to tie together your Lulav Hadassim and Aravs? What are you allowed to use? So Rabbi Yehuda said it needs to come from the Dalad Minim. Because since the tying is an integral part, if you take something else, as we're going to see soon, that's a fifth species. But Rav Meir says no. Rav Meir says you can even use a rope. You want to tie it together, go take a rope. I'll call Beseder. Rav Meir, I'm Rafi Lubin Meshicha Vachul. Rav Meir says you can even use a rope. I'll prove to you you can use a rope. Because the Choshuba people of Yerushalayim, the respectable people of Yerushalayim, they would tie together the Lulavim with golden strands. So you see, you don't need to take from the Dalad Minim when you tie it together. And what's the answer to him? No, Rameir, you're wrong. That's not really what happened. It looked like gold on the outside, but that was just a coating. There's no proof. Really, they tied it together with branches of the Dalad Minim, or leaves of the Dalad Minim. It looked like gold because once they tied it together, now to plate it with gold, to make it look beautiful, that's mutter. Because the integral tie is done with Dalad Minim. Anything extra is not considered a fifth species. When it's there for beauty, it's considered tuffle to it, it's secondary to it. And the mailer of mayor, you have no proof that you're allowed to take a random rope because of those chosher people of Yerushalayim. No, they used from the Dalad Minim. Okay. Rabbi said to those who were in charge of setting up the Heishanis of the Reish Galusa, when you're tying up the Heishanis. Make sure that underneath the tie, a person is not touching the tie. The one holding the, the Dalad Minim 
is holding directly onto the stems of the Lulav Adas and Aravas. Why? This way there's no separation. Okay? Now, if you hold that a Lulav does not need to be tied, so then we need to make sure the tie, when it says, you should take. Okay, as we're going to see. You should take. You should mamish be holding the Lulav Adas and Aravas. Now, so what do we do? This is very interesting because Right, there's various opinions how to tie. The common way to tie amongst Ashkenazim is to have the kaishiklach, to have the holders, right, that are made out of lulav, uh, lulav leaves. And very often our hand goes around the lulav leaf and not the lulav, the, the kosher lulav, the hadasim and arabs. So why is that okay? So Rava Omar, kol anosa in By the way, Anything that's there for beauty is not considered a chatzitza. A person also should not pick up their, you, you, you shouldn't, uh, you know, people, when uh, COVID started, they were saying that it was, it was um, contagious through surfaces, right? So people started, when shul reopened, people were coming to shul wearing gloves. Okay, people come to shul wearing gloves. And um, the question is, are you allowed to, be wearing a glove and holding your dalit minim? Or do you need that there's no separation? When the Torah says you take it, it's got to be a full taking. So says Rabbah, you should not hold your dalit minim in a sudra. Sudra literally is like a handkerchief, but it means anything that you're holding in your hand, right? Which, which is separating your hand from the dalit minim. It should be a complete taking and you don't have that. Baravah says no. A lakicha through something else is considered a lakicha, and I'll prove it to you. Amar Rav, Rav says, I'll show you. How do I know? Yeah, lakicha through something else is considered even when you take something when you're when you're holding it in your glove, or you're holding it in a handkerchief. How do I know it's still okay? Now we learned in the Mishnah Now we're going to now talk about a subject we're a little familiar with, which is the purification process of somebody who's tummy. When somebody's tummy, somebody's impure through tummy mace, part of the process is we would take a bundle of hyssop in the hand and dip it into the, the para-aduma mixture, and we sprinkle it onto the one who's tummy. Okay? So you, you would take an azoif. They would take a bundle of hyssop. Okay? Says the Gemara, Azoiv Kutzer. Let's say you have a very short hyssop. Okay? Now, what does it mean it's too short? The hyssop itself, you could dip it in, but it's not going to fully reach the water. Okay? It's too short to reach the water. So what do you do? Right? Let's say I have a tube full of, of para-aduma mixture, and my, uh, my hyssop branch, you know, it, it, broke, it broke off. It's very short now. And it's not reaching all the way in. So what do you do? So you, you can add a thread to the end. Okay? And you hang it. And then, yeah, you hang it, you dip it in. But why are you allowed to do that? The Torah says, you take it, you dip it in. Which means you need to be holding it. You see from here, you see from here that even if it's through something else, it's considered a lekicha. And therefore says, Rabbah, I hold that it is mutter, it is absolutely allowed to hold your, your dalad minim while you're wearing gloves. You can hold your dalad minim 
in a handkerchief. Says Gemara Memai, where's your proof from Tuma? Tuma, shiny hosa, maybe Tuma is different. Since by the Hilchas Ezai, by the Hyssop. So once you tie it to the branch, maybe it's considered an extension of the Ezai, extension of the Hyssop. But over here, when you hold your Dalaminum in a handkerchief, is anything connected? You're not tying it to the handkerchief. So therefore you have no proof. Maybe Taka says the Gemara Rava, you'd have a proof. If you would tie the handkerchief to it, and you would need it in order to hold it, oh, then maybe it's connected. But over here, you're just taking it in your hand. They see it's okay. Says the Gemara, you're right. That's not a proof. Rather, Rava's Raya is from the, is from the following Mishnah. Nofal mishfeiferes lashaykes. Let's say the, some of the ashes fell out from, uh, from the mixture of the paraduma. See, here's what happens. How they make the mixture of the paraduma, they would take, right, they took the ashes of the paraduma and they mixed it together with the, uh, with the water. And what they would do is they would, the water needed to be um, direct from the original source. Can't be tap water. It has to come directly from the Mayan. It has to come straight from the spring. So um, they would take the they would take a bottle, put it by the spring. The water of the spring would go in, and then they would add the ashes of the paraduma and mix it around. Okay. Now, um, what they would do is that very often, in order to help with tomantara, they would use that they would hold the mixture with something that was that was made out of stone okay that and it had a holder for it so the way they they got the ashes of the paraduma is they would slide it through a tube now what happens where says rashi to explain what happens instead of the ashes being put in to the water by a person which is what the terrorist says should be done the ashes fell into the water Okay, so they would first put the water in the ashes. What happens if it falls in instead of it purposely being put in? So we said, um, Let's say it falls. The ashes fall into the, we'll call it the bowl, the tube that we're mixing the, the uh, water and ashes in. Puzzle. It's not going to uh, purify the one who's tummy mace. Top of Amadez. Ha he pilu. But let's say the person, instead of, instead of uh, pouring it in, threw it in, and it was with his das, kosher. That's fine. So it can't happen by accident. You're supposed to pour it in on purpose. If you throw it in the wrong way, as long as it was on, as long as it was on purpose, even though it was the wrong way, if you did it on purpose, that's fine. If it happens by accident, it's not fine. Am I? But why? The Torah says you should take the ashes of the paraduma, and put it into the water. You can't just throw it in. You see, the is considered still considered a taking. Beautiful. That's going to be Rabba's Raya. And Rabba says, A person should not hold the lulav um, facing downwards. Okay? The Dilma Nasri Tarfi. Because you're going to cause the leaves to come off, 
and it is a chatzitza. Unbelievable. Ready for this? It's beautiful. This very uh, this this is uh, this is very common. But let, let's read one more line, which Rav is going to say. This is going to be very appropriate, and I'm sure we've all had this. Rav Amar no a minbeminoi is not a chatzitza. Beautiful. Okay, listen to this. Ready? This is very basic. Let's talk outside for a moment to explain. The kaishiklach, right? These holders that are made out of lulav leaves. Herzachan, listen closely. It's very basic. So you slide your hadasim, three hadasim, on the right side. We slide our arabis on the left side. And then what people do is they squeeze the lulav down the center. Right? When you squeeze the lulav down the center, what happens? Some of the leaves could tear off. I'm sure this has happened to many of us, right? Some of the leaves of the branches tear off. Says Rabbah, therefore you can't do it like that. Because the torn leaves, which are no longer part of the Hadassim and Aravas, are going to be a chatzitza separating your minim. And now you're not holding all your minim together. So he says, don't take, a, don't put in the Adas Meravis and then squeeze the lulav. What's that? What do you do? Put the, have your, hold your lulav and then attach the Hadasim to the right and the Aravis to the left. That's Rabba. Says Rabba, no, relax. Akoba Seder. No need to get, uh, to get out of control over here. Leaves, part of the Dalad Minim, are not a Chatzitza of the Dalad Minim. Even if they fall off the stem, is not going to be a problem. Min Biminoi. A species to separate from its own species, not a chatzitza. And says Rabbi, you don't need to be concerned about um, uh, about the the leaves that slide off um, when the when the lulav's going in. The Yomar and Rabbi says, Once you attached your dalit minim, you should not shorten your lulav. Now people don't realize this because very often people. Either they don't know the halacha, or, or very often we don't have the right equipment anyway. But a lulav just needs to be four tfachim, right? We come in with very tall lulavim. What happens if a person finds a beautiful lulav, but it's just too tall for him? It's too tall. It's too, I, I don't want such a tall one, but it's mamish, mwah, beauty on top. The center, oh, the giddle's beautiful. The way that it grows is gvalt. You could cut off the bottom. Right? As long as you don't cut off the top. How long? Four tachim. No, if I have a five-foot lulav, you can cut off the bottom. Cut off from the bottom of the stem. The same way they cut off the tree. There's no problem with that. But says Rabbah, once you have it together with your adasim and arovas, you should not cut it off. Why? Because same problem of squeezing it in. What happens? The lulav leaves overlap each other. So if I cut off the bottom of the stem, once it's connected to my dasim and arobis, there's going to be extra lulav leaves that are locked in, but really no longer attached, right? Because I tied it, so now you have these lulavs. But once I cut off the bottom, there's going to really be leaves that are no longer connected to the stem because they're only connected due to the bottom being there. Now that the bottom of, is no, of the lulav is no longer there, these leaves are locked in, but they're not connected. So says Rabba, that's going to be a chatzitza. To which Rabba responds, no, it's not. Again, same answer. No, it's a lulav leaf. It's not going to be considered a chatzitza. The Amar Rabba says, 
Hadashon mitzvah, and you have a hadash that's set aside for your dalid minim. A person should not start smelling it on Yom Tif. It's now hukzol mitzvah, as we call it. It's set aside for the mitzvah. And therefore, it should be used specifically for the mitzvah. It's not meant for your personal pleasure. You should not start pulling out your hadas and be like, ah, gavalt, yeah? Esrug shal mitzvah. And an esrug that is set aside for a mitzvah, motor l'areach boy, you're allowed to smell it. My time, hadas l'areach boy. I'll tell you what. A hadas, which its main thing is smell, right? A hadas represents maizim toivim, what we give off to others, the smell. So a hadas, which is meant for smell, that's its main feature. So ki akse, when it's hooked to the mitzvah, so once it's set aside for the mitzvah, its main pleasure is also set aside. Ki akse meirecha akse. Only the main usage of it is hooked to the mitzvah. It's set aside unique for the mitzvah. But esrog, which has beautiful smell, but it's primarily a fruit, which is for tasting. So ki akse meachila akse. When it's hooked, when it's set aside for the mitzvah, only its primary personal function, personal benefit, is set aside, which is eating, and therefore will be permitted to smell your esrog, but not eat it, and it will be permitted, and it would be permitted to eat your hadas, if you want. Yeah. Bite it from the bottom, uh, but but not smell it. Okay. The Yomar Rabban Rabban says, Hadas b'mechuber, when you have a hadas branch that's attached to a tree, motor l'hareach boy, you're allowed to smell it on Shabbos. There's no concern you might come to pull it off. When you have a, a, a myrtle bush, you could walk over, give it a, uh, give it a smell. Esrig b'mechuber. An esrog, when it's connected to a tree, also l'areachba. You're not allowed to smell it. My time, why hadas l'areachba? Your hadas, which is meant for smelling. So then, listen, you could gain it. You could gain from it the way it is right now. So if you smell it on the tree, you're not going to cut it off. You already got your pleasure. But esrog, esrog is primarily meant for eating. Nobody, you know, you know, you know in carnivals, they have the, the apple bob, right? You have water, you put apples, and you got to take a bite from the apple, right, without using your hands. Nobody's walking over to an esrog tree without using, without plucking it off and starting to take a bite out of that esrog. So Yishar is like us in the Magzai. You're not allowed to smell it because if, you, if, you, if we're going to let you smell it, then you may come to pluck it off and use it for its primary function, which is eating. Okay, that was a halacha in Hilchas Shabbos. Biyom And Rabba says, Lula biyamin ve'esrog bismaya. Okay? How do you hold? And this is going to be a, be- this Gemara is a beautiful segue to the next mission. The next Mishnah, which we're about to see shortly, is going to tell us the waving process once you're holding it. So now we're starting to get right that what we started this conversation with is that you need to hold it mamish in your hand without a separation. And Lula, and says Rav, says Rabba, let me tell you how to hold it now. Lulav Biyamin, the Lulav, with the Hadassim and Aravis, should go in one's right hand. The Esrog Vismayu, the esrog should go on the left. My timer. Why does the love go on the right? We say, oh, the esrog. Oh, the esrogs will cost money when you buy the dollar minimum. Esrog's the most chashub. Why don't you take the esrog on the right? Says the Gemara. No, 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 no. Three quarters of Klal Yisrael is represented by the Lula of Hadas Menorobas, 
Hi, Taima, Hani Tlas Mitzvah, Svani Chav Mitzvah. You have three parts of a mitzvah, and one part of it doesn't go by price. It doesn't go by how much the Meicherim are charging you for each thing. It goes by importance, and, and each one of the Dalaminim is integral for the mitzvah. So all three, Lulav Adas and Rabbis, go on the right, that's more Chashuv, and the Esra goes on the left. Amar there, Biyamir, Lerav Zrikam. Rabbi says, Rabbi Zrika, Matam, You ever thought about this question? Interesting, Shaila, no? What do we take on Sukkot? Lulav, Esra, Gadas, Menorabas. Why do we say Al Natilas, Lulav? That's the bracha. On all four species, make Al Why do we make Al Natilas, Lulav, Esra, Gadas, Menorabas? Why are you only mentioning a Lulav? It's a good, it's a good Shaila. Says the Gemara. Since Gavaya means the tallest, but here we're going to translate it as the, the, the one that's above. So it's more noticeable. So it says the Gemara of So why don't you just pick up the Esrag higher than the Lulav? Now, you can't say this about the Hadas Menorovis. Remember, because Hadas Menorovis need to come a tefach beneath where the stem ends, so they can't be raised higher. But maybe you should lift up the Hesred amongst the uh, amongst Lulav Hadas and Rabbis and make Al Natilas Hesred. Since its tree and the way that it grows is taller than the rest, that gives it the most prominence, and therefore Al Natilas Lulav is uh, the bracha is put into place based upon the way that people view the overall history of the Dalad Minim as which means when we pick it up as well and we hold it, that's that's uh you know the most prominent one that's in our hand. Okay. Now it's very interesting why this is so what? You say so what? Right? So what? So the shots like this. Shots like this. It could be a few I'm I'm sure there's more uh takes on this. But we know when it comes to Hilchas Brachas and you you have a choice whether to make a hadama first or a first. Which one do you make? A ha'etz. Why? Because ha'etz is more specific. The more specific a bracha is, ha'etz is limited to trees. Hadama is any growth. Right? If you mistakenly make hadama on a fruit, you got your mitzvah. The more specific a bracha is, the more prominence it has, because it's really about noticing. It's about noticing what's on my mind, so that I can I can mention that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the source of all brachas and thank Hashem for this particular mitzvah. Since apparently the way that it grows causes the lulav to be on the forefront of our personal mind, therefore the bracha is going to be more uh, to say alnitilas lulav is going to be more impactful on us per- on us personally. And therefore we make Alun Tilas Lulav. Okay. Zogt, the mission. Lamed Zayin All right, Gavaldik. So now we're holding our Lulav Adas Menorovis. Where do we shake a Lulav? Now, one second. We're going to have to ask, yeah, in the Gemara, we're going to have to ask, which we will, who says you shake in the first place? Right? The Gemara, the Mishnah here is working off a premise. The Mishnah says, oh, when, when should you shake it? When should you wave your lulav adasim? Arava and Esrit. 
When do you say? We're gonna have to ask who says you do. But let's work off the premise that obviously you do. Okay. So when should you when should you shake it? When should you wake? Well, how you do? Lashem tchilu v'sayif. All right. So in halal, we say how do? Lashem Right. We do that four times, and then at the end of halal, we say the pasuk of haydu twice again. Right towards the end, we double over the pesukim, so we shake it again. Uba ona Hashem and also by ona Hashem Hashiyana. In halal, by ona Hashem Hashiyana, ona Hashem Hashiyana, right? We shake it twice, one by each time, and by hatzlichana we don't. Divrei beis hill, hill, which is what we do. Every time in Halal, all six times during Halal, when we say Haidul Hashem Kitaiv, we shake it. Which, by the way, if you want just to remind ourselves, how do you shake a lulav? We don't move the lulav when saying Hashem's name. When we say Hashem's name, we only focus. And we're going to learn in the Gemara that you shake it in six directions. So, how many words are in Haidul Hashem Kitaiv Kilaylam Chasta? If you take out Hashem's name when we don't wave, how many words are there? You have Haidu, Ki, Taiv, Ki, La'ilam Chasta. There's six. So there's six words when we're going to shake. How many directions are we going to learn you shake in? Six. Right? Front, right, back, left, top, bottom, up and down. Six does. So each word, you shake it three times. That's what we're going to learn. All right? By Ana Hashem, again, if you notice, just, just how we, there's a, a way to remember in Shul, how we shake it, we don't shake by Hashem's name. We focus on Hashem's name. So but how many words there? Ana Haishia na. There's three words. And how many directions? Six. So the common minug is by each word to shake it two directions. There's six directions to shake. There's three words that we say. So each word gets two directions. By Anasham Okay. That's the pin of Basil. Bishamra and Bishamra says, Afanasham Sikhana. You also shake by Anasham Hatslicha na. All right. Omar Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, I was gazing at Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Shua. Everybody else was being minanea, was shaking the lulav. The only time they shook their lulav is by Ana Hashem Hashiyana. Okay, now the Mepharshim say this is not as opposed to Haidul Hashem. This is as opposed to Ana Hashem Atzlicham. Okay. Very good. Zog the Gemara. Our Mishnah said, when do you shake a lulav? Says the Gemara, who says you shake a lulav? Who's talking about shaking the lulav? Who's talking about shaking your dalad minim? The Gemara says, Oh, remember? We learned any lulav. How tall does a lulav need to be? Four tfachim. Why? One tevach for your hand. Three tvachim kedelin aneyabai. Three tvachim to wave. Three tvachim to shake. Oh, so now that we know you got to shake it, we're saying, oh, when do you do that? So comes along our mission and says, oh, you know when to shake, you know when to wave your adal and minim. Six times by haidu Hashem kitoiv and halal. And two times according to beis hillel by anashem and Beishamai adds, and, and yeah, adds in, even by Ona Hashem Hatzlichana. And again, Rebbe Kiva mentioned that he was watching Rebbe Gamil and Rebbe Yeshua, and they did not shake by Ona Hashem Hatzlichana. Okay. Tanan Olsen, we learned in the mission elsewhere. 
We know that besides for shaking Dalad Minim, there's other times in the Beis Hamikdash where things were waived. When it came to the Shtei Halechem, the two breads of Shavuos, and the Shtei Kivsei Atzeres, and the two Kivsei Atzeres, the two sheep of Shavuos, Ketzad Hu they would wave parts of the animal, and they would wave the Shtei Halechem. How would they wave it? They would put the bread on top of the, the on top of the two sheep. Okay? Now mamish the sheep. This is before it's even shechted. And the Kayan would put his hand underneath. Umenif, and he would wave them. Umailach, he would Mailach means he would spread it out, Umevi, and bring it back in. Maila up, Umairid, and bring it down. Shanamar Asher Hunaf Hura. Right? This that you're Hunaf. It waves back and forth. The tree waves back and forth. It shakes, and this, that, it goes up. So interestingly, we're starting to, to learn, not only do you wave it, but we're learning how to wave it. You know how to wave something? By bringing it outwards and back in. Out and back in. That's a wave. Okay? You move it, you move it like that. One wave. Two wave. Three wave. Azoy. Okay? Amar Abiyachan, Abiyachan says, maybe You wave it, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who's in control of all directions, Milu Umayrid, and then you go up and down. Misha Hashemayim Ba'aret Shalay to recognize that the heavens and earth are His. So when we wave our Lulavim, and we bring it front, right, back, left, up, down, right? What are we doing? Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. Up, up, down, down, right, left, and all around. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Lula. We're reminding ourselves that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in complete control. In Eretz Yisrael, they learned it as follows. By the way, you should know, when we wave it in each direction, that is helping the world by keeping away detrimental strong winds that come from all directions. Up and down is also a way to prevent any sort of damaging uh, damaging um, rains, we'll call it. Tlalem literally is due. But any sort of damaging rains that come down. Amr of Yaisi Bar Oven, Vitamer of Yaisi Bar Zevila. Rabbi Yaisi Bar Oven, and some say it was Rabbi Yaisi Bar Zevila, says, Zoto Meret, you know what this is coming to teach us? Top of tomorrow's daf. Sheyare Mitzvah Ma'akvin Nesapuranus. You see, shiare mitzvah, even the extras, the extra parts of a mikvah, of a mitzvah, are so stark, are so important that they keep away peranis, they keep away tsaris. Yeah. Now, what happens if somebody picks up their lulav? I'll explain what the gemara is saying. What happens if somebody picks up their lulav esrei kadashim and arava? Do you get your mitzvah without waving? Betach, sure. You, as soon as you pick it up, did you take it? Yeah. Right? You took it. When you pick it up, you got your missile, which is why the minag is, when you make a bracha, says first hold it upside down, the esrugs, you're not taking it appropriately. Uh, this way, you can make the bracha before the mitzvah, which is the proper way you do a mitzvah. You're supposed to make a bracha before the performance of mitzvah, so we hold our esrug upside down. We make the bracha valentilas lulav. We turn it back up, and the first day you make a shachyanu, other days you don't. And, the, and uh, you got your mitzvah right then and there. The waving is extra part of the mitzvah. And the waving is keeping away the tsaris, keeping away the bad winds and the bad rains. Oh, 
You mama see the power of a mitzvah, what it does for the velt, what it does for the world. The waving is extra parts. It's, it's the remnants of a mitzvah. Yet the mamish, it helps out the gansavelt. The Amarov and Rav says, By the way, the same way, this is just going back to Shavuos, the same way we wave in all four directions and up and down by the two breads and the animals, that's how we shake a lulav. All right, so if you want to know, anybody ask, oh, how do you know you shake a lulav in six directions? Why do we do that? The answer is, it's learned out from the way that they waved in the base Hamikdash. Ravacha bar Yaakov, Mamti Ravacha bar Yaakov, listen to this, when he would take his lulav and stick it back and forth. Yeah, sometimes you got to move out of people's ways. Omar, he would say, I hope the lulav pokes the satan in the eye. Yeah? Get rid of the satan. Yeah? You know what the Satan's trying to do? Says Rashi. The Satan's trying to get Klal Yisrael to not do mitzvahs. Ha! I'm doing a mitzvah. Satan, you can't get me. Says the Gemara, bad idea, by the way. We don't recommend this. He could do it. But Ravach uh, could do this. We don't recommend this for the masses. You know why? Don't pick a fight with the Satan. He's older than us. He's smarter than us. He's more experienced than us. Because uh, you, you want to tell the Sultan, I'm going to poke you in the eye. The Sultan's going to say, listen, you know who you're messing with? All right. So we, you're allowed to think it. But, uh, but says the Gemara, we don't recommend, uh, we don't recommend uh, that a regular person, when they shake their lulav, should say this statement of Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. Okay, have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll hold it here for today. And Bez Shem Matzi Shabbos, 9.45 p.m. We will pick up from the Mishnah on the Lamed Ches Amad Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.